Welcome to Youth Radio. My name is Avikra. Today is March 5th, and we've got a great show for you. And still, welcome to Youth Radio. My name is Luis. I like fairy tales. That's why this week, I am enjoying lots of fun with the Youth Radio radio theater production about fairy tales. Avikra, tell me about your favorite fairy tale. Um, my favorite fairy tale is probably Snow White. She had very pretty shoes. Although Snow White doesn't appear in the radio theater piece, you will hear Rapunzel, Prince Charming, Belle, and the Beast. I cannot blame you. Snow White's shoes are very pretty indeed. Did you know one of the most extensive and invasive illegal domestic surveillance programs not performed by the U.S. government was called Operation Snow White, facilitated by L. Ron Hubbard's wife and a council of high-ranking Scientologists? No... I didn't know that. Um, okay, Lucia, can you play us some songs? This next song is Memory by Sugar Cult. It came off the CD Punk Goes Acoustic. This may never start. We could fall apart and not be your memory. Lost your sense of fear, feelings insincere Cannot be your memory So get back, back, back That was Memory by Sugar Cult. In this next piece, Katie Schroeder of Radio Revolution interviews Ken McDonald about a case of MySpace identity theft. Find out what happens when one teen's band site on MySpace gets totally made fun of and ripped on in a rude way. This kid's a total doofus. <laughs> We've all heard the warnings about identity theft on the internet. There are plenty of people who are up to no good on the World Wide Web, endlessly searching for any information that might be useful. Identity thieves steal names, financial information, passwords, and it would seem they also steal rock and roll bands. One day, Kat McDonald, leader of local teen rock band and member of Youth Radio Project, discovered that his band had two MySpace pages, and one of them was a fake. Here's Ken's story about what happened to him and his band when someone decided to impersonate them on MySpace. My name's Ken. Um, I'm in a band called the Pancake Brigade. It was... Originally a three-piece band, which started out with me, Joe Breslin, James Fiore, and then we just sort of added Zach Ratoon, and then we broke up over the summer, and then we got back together without Zach, and then we uh, added a singer recently, which is uh, Chris Atkins, which is nice. So there they were, Kent and the Pancake Brigade, a local rock band just trying to make it in the world. And like many bands before them, the Pancake Brigade had a MySpace page. And according to Kent, that's where the trouble started. Um, my ex-girlfriend, Emily, made us a MySpace a long time ago when the band first started. And um, basically what happened is we had this MySpace and somebody with some pathetic amount of time decides that they hate us and would like to make a MySpace making fun of us. I mean, it was really detailed. I mean, they, like, went into our hobbies and, like, all this stuff. How did you come across this fake MySpace? An ex-girlfriend of mine pointed it out to me, 
and I looked at it and was like, oh my God, how can somebody write this about somebody who has the time to do this? There were some pretty bad things on there. I mean, some of our hobbies were like shooting up and pretending our band doesn't suck. Stuff like that. That, that was pretty bad. It's even worse than Kent makes it sound. The imposters made it seem as though the guys in Pancake Brigade were making themselves look as bad as possible. There were supposed statements from the band members attacking their own music ability, their intentions, their integrity, and even their girlfriends through statements that could never be repeated on radio. On top of it all, real friends of the band began signing up as friends of the bogus Pancake Brigade. Kent had had enough, so he sprung into action. I sent a letter to MySpace, and um, I was like, well, it asked me, it asked me to take a picture of myself holding a sign with my MySpace account number and my MySpace screen name and my name and all this other stupid stuff. And I just was like, listen, I don't think you need me to hold up a sign for you to realize that this isn't me. And I would like this removed immediately because this is complete bogus and I cannot deal with this being on here. It's a complete bad reputation for our band and none of it's true. So about two days later it was removed from the site. So you never found out who did this? Do you have any suspicions? Sort of, but I don't want to make them clear. I never found out who did it. And if anybody knows who did it, hit them with a stick for me. Okay, I think that pretty much sums it up. Honestly, the Pancake Brigade is no stranger to making fun of people. Some of the band's songs include titles like She's Really Fat, HIV Positive, and Alcoholics Anonymous, a song that labels one local high school administrator as a crack smoker. So, maybe there's an unknown detractor who's got something against Pancake Brigade. Or maybe it's just karma. For his own part, Kent says he's learned his lesson. And the lesson is, beware of MySpace. Never ever get a MySpace. It is a waste of time. There is no point to having a MySpace. It's just a space for you to go, Oh, I have problems. Listen to me. I write about things that I cry at night. Well, I've actually heard from some people who have bands. They say that MySpace is helpful. They can list when they have gigs coming up. They can let their fans know what's going on with the band, and it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not very cool when someone steals your logo and your name and impersonates you, but apart from that, it's not all bad. No, MySpace is just a cheap excuse for a website. If you're going to be in a band and you're going to be serious, you need to just get your own web page. Do that. You can post everything you want on a website, and it costs $30 every, like, three months. It is a waste of time to own a MySpace. So there you have it, one teen's tale of mild identity theft. For Radio Revolution, this has been Katie Schroeder in conversation with Kent McDonald. You probably have a MySpace too, so just remember that you might have a MySpace twin. Our next song is Llorarás by Los Alegres de la Sierra. Llorarás is a song from the first album from Los Alegres de la Sierra. Cuando te digan te quiero, piénsalo. Cuando te digan te amo, piénsalo. 
dejará Arrancarme de tu mente y ocupar en mi lugar Cuando te miren a los ojos piénsalo This next segment is one in which Youth Radio's own Diana Baron Moore brings to you some young musicians for your musical edification. One of the musicians, Ian Brody, will be playing cello. He has not heard of L. Ron Hubbard and says, Classical music can still be cool. Rachel Langer has heard of L. Ron Hubbard and plays violin. Her name rhymes with anger. They met at lunch, at a lunch table.
This is Diana Baron moore for Youth Radio. We've been listening to a duet by Bach here in Studio C with Ian Brody on cello and Rachel Langer on violin. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Okay, so I, I want to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your background in music. Just, you know, what got you started? How long have you been playing? Um, I started playing in elementary school because my mother said that I had to pick an instrument. And uh, I stuck with it, and I've been playing for about nine years. Very nice. What about you? Well, I started out with the recorder for the same reason. But then in middle school, sixth, sixth grade, you know, I picked up the cello. Nice. So then do you play other instruments? I know you said recorder. Uh, yeah, I, I play the guitar, and I started on the clarinet. And uh, the recorder's not a real instrument. <laughs> I take offense to that. Cool. Okay. So then I know you said that your mom was the one who first got you into music. What about you, Ian? One of my friends and my mother combined. Nice. It's a long story. <laughs> Can you tell us the short version? Well, the short version is one of my friends picked up the recorder. And my mother said, you have to play an instrument. Would you like to play the recorder to be with your friends? I said yes. That actually happened to me, too. My best friend was playing the violin, and that's why I chose it. But I don't like to admit that. <laughs> so then, where do you see yourself going with your music? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right now, but I might major in music at the University of Puget Sound. Nice. Um, I look at it as a hobby. If it were my career, I don't think I'd like it very much and it's financially not very reliable. So I'm uh, gonna do something else, but I think I'll probably keep playing for the rest of my life. And what keeps you playing? There's the music that I like. You know, I mean, the act of actually playing music is fun in itself. And then there's um, the sense of accomplishment, at least a moderate accomplishment that I've been playing for most of my life now. And uh, that actually it, it's a source of pride for me, and that keeps me playing. Like, I, I couldn't just give up right away because I've already invested so much time in it. So maybe that's not healthy. <laughs> what about you, Ian? Hmm. Mostly my love for classical music. Ah, very nice. So then, in that vein, you listen to other kinds of music. Do you feel like that influences what you want to play on your violin, cello, whatever? You mean like other genres besides classical? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I remember last year we did uh, Sunshine of Your Love as a, as a string quartet. So I guess that's sort of a simple, um, really basic example of how it affects uh, what I play. But I find that um, classical music is just really, really refreshing if you've been listening to pop or rock or whatever for a long time. Definitely. Well, I listen to classical music, and I play classical music, so yeah, there could be a connection, but <laughs> I like to think that there isn't. So could you tell us about your experiences playing music, like how they've affected you just in general in your daily life? Well, um, it, it, there's a big time commitment. You know, if I don't practice, um, my teacher's not happy with me, you know, so... There's just there's a certain amount of time that I always have to spend practicing if I don't want my pinkies broken. <laughs> and, um, 
And then besides that, I mean, again, it goes back to like the discipline and uh, the accomplishment and the sense of, of what I've put into it already. And uh, that, that drives me towards uh, spending more time on it. And um, it affects my life in that I just, you know, I, I love to play still miraculously. I burn out pretty quickly on most other things. And, um, and I'm really glad to have it as a part of my life that I can, you know, it's an option. Like if I want to play today, I can play. And if I don't, then I still probably will. What about you, Ian? Well, the practicing does change how you orchestrate your life and being in a orchestra and whatnot. You know, it takes time out of uh, your day. But also I love the sense where you just walk into a store, you know, and there's classical music playing, right, to soothe the shoppers. And they're like, whoa, I played that piece. Who inspires you to continue playing? Ian, do you want to start with this one? I would have to think about that one for quite a while. But I mostly motivate myself to accomplish certain musical goals and sort of, uh, like, just listen to what I could be playing and then try to play that. How about you, Rachel? I think that's really true. Um, listening to classical music always gives me, you know, new ideas and, and new things to reach for. And, um, yeah, I can't really think of a person that particularly inspires me except professional musicians <laughs> who are just really, really good. And, um, and just as there's a, a really good feeling when you've practiced hard and, you know, you play something really well, there's this terrible, guilty feeling of failure, like even, you know, just a, a personal failure. Um, if you don't, that's a big motivator. It's a negative motivator, but it, it works to keep me practicing. And so then, you know, I'm not entirely sure who and where have you played um, I play in the Albuquerque Youth Symphony, and we play at Pope Joy, nice. and we're going to be playing in Brazil. Fun. That's uh, exciting. I was in the AYS, um, but I didn't do it this year because, as I said, I burn out, <laughs> and I burned out. <laughs> um, and then we've gigged a couple of times, you know, and gotten paid. Yeah, that was fun. That was pretty great. <laughs> so is there anything you'd like to add, final thoughts? I think it was totally worth it. Hmm. Um, it's been worth it to play. I would agree. <laughs> that probably seems like uh, some pretty lowly praise, you know, for the <laughs> instrument and for music in general. Uh, but it, so many times I've just felt like it was such a waste of my time and it was just annoying. But um, I've sort of come out of this adolescent uh, thing where I thought that and and I've um, emerged thinking that, yeah, it's, it's okay that somebody, like, pressured me into picking an instrument and then forced me to play because I'm really glad they did. Great. I would never change my instrument. Oh. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to play piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that too, but I would play piano on top of the cello because I love the instrument. Yeah, I have to give you guys kudos. I mean... This is coming from the person who attempted for two years to play the violin and failed utterly. So You were pretty good. I was in that class with her. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing with violin is just that you have to play for such a long time before you can even get the sound to come out right. And you yes. guys sound it's great. It's pretty bad well, when you. you start out. 
So thanks again for coming in, um, taking time, and bringing your lovely instruments. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Definitely. All right, this has been an interview with Rachel Langer and Ian Brody. I'm Diana Barron-Moore for Youth Radio. You just heard from Diana Barron-Moore and two musicians, one half of whom have heard of L. Ron Hubbard. Their names are Rachel Langer and Ian Brody, proving to us classical music can still be cool. Thank you. Our next tune is by May. It's called This Time is the Last Time. It's off the album Atticus. That you get away from the pain and the thought of losing your mind. Don't blame yourself. It was everyone around that made you act this way. There's a stage and a chance to watch it go down. That was This Is The Last Time by May. Now we have the youth radio theater piece about fairy tales. Everyone likes fairy tales, especially when you're small, but large people can also like them. Come with us as Tracy Tram travels over a rainbow that leads to truth or consequences. Once upon a time, there was a youth radio collective member named Tracy. One day, she was hard at work in her boss Marcos's office. Tracy! I need you to go to TRC to interview the mayor. He's giving a speech, and the whole town is invited. What does TRC stand for? Tracy, don't be silly. TRC stands for Truth or Consequences, the city in the middle of nowhere. I'll get right on it after I finish typing this. Wow, it's getting late. How long have I been doing this? I should be getting home. As Tracy peeked through the door, she suddenly saw... What's that strange voice I hear? Oh, don't mind me. Just go at the door now. Beast! What's that noise? What's that smell? As she looked on, a gigantic beast covered in hair with the most foul-smelling breath came toward her, uttering only one word. Beast! As she pinched her nose to ward off the stench, she questioned the beast about her surroundings. Excuse me, sir, but where am I? Beast! At that moment, a beautiful young woman with flowing brown hair and very sweet-smelling breath came around from behind the beast. Oh, hello. Oh, beast, I see you've made a friend. Beast? Well, I haven't seen you in these parts before. What's your name? Tracy. Oh, don't mind Beast. He's just a big old softie. And at that moment, all three stared at each other in silence. Um, okay, now you have to say something. Make her say something. Um, who are you talking to? No one, so where am I? Beast. Well, let me translate. Beast says that you're in T or C. Oh, but how rude of me. I haven't introduced myself. I'm Belle. I'm in Truth or Consequences? Wait, are you Belle? The Belle from Beauty and the Beast? Beast. Beast says yes. I've been trying to teach him not to interrupt in conversation, but he doesn't seem to get it. 
It was great meeting both of you, but I really have to get on my way. I've never been to this city before. Could you tell me the way to the mayor's house? Beast! Well, first you go straight down this path, past the trailer forest, through the tumbleweed marsh, and then you'll arrive at the Castle of Funk. From there, you take a right, take a left, take a left again, spin around three times, do the hokey pokey, and you're there. Make sure you include every body part. Every body part. Gee, thanks. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have a very important engagement to prepare for. Beast! Oh, you want to go with Tracy? This is perfect. Beast can take you right there and protect you along the way. Beast! But he has one condition. You have to take your fingers off your nose. At that moment, Tracy made the most trying decision of her life. She took her fingers off her nose. And for the next hour, stomped about in the clearing, whining about the smell. And then... Finally, her expedition began. Oh my gosh. Jeez, dirty. Who's that strange man rubbing his perfectly clean hands together and sweeping the dirt off the dirt path? That would be our Prince Charming. He has a bit of a problem. Why don't you try to assist him, Tracy? I don't wanna! Do it! Do you have any hand sanitizer? Perfectly, Perel. Well, your hands are sparkling clean. Why, thank you, but you must have very low standards. Don't you see that black spot right there? Right there? Um, that's a birthmark. Beast! My hibbidibbidies, my dear lady. What is this hideous, unsanitary, foul-smelling creature with British-like orthodontia? Wow. He really does have bad teeth. Not to mention that green mist emanating from his mouth. This is my, um, uh, guide. I'm kind of new to these parts and need someone to show me around. By the way, do you know the way to the trailer park forest? Beast! Please tell your guide to stop breathing on me so heavily. Beast down! Beast! Oh, well, anyway, which trailer park? We have so many here in TOC. I don't know. The one that's closest to the Tumbleweed Marsh. Oh, that trailer park. I don't live in those parts. That's a class below me. People like Rapunzel live there. But I will admit, she is very good at giving directions. Why don't you ask her? Yes, maybe you should ask her, Tracy. Would you quit telling me what to do? Who are you talking to? Beast! Oh, you're still here. Beast! I never have noticed how pretty your eyes are when you cry. But I'm not crying. By God, not you. I meant your oversized canine friend over there. Beast? Okay. At that moment, Tracy decided that things were getting a little out of hand and thought it would be wise to continue on her way. After several hours under the hot, intense, tearsy sun, Tracy saw Rapunzel's ten-foot trailer tower in the distance. Where? I don't see it. Turn around. Ugh. My hair! Wow, what did I just trip over? A pile of spaghetti? My hair does not look like spaghetti. You uncombed tourist! For those of you who are hard of hearing out there, Rapunzel just said the word tourist, not terrorist, by God. Buzz off, you! Who are you talking to? Nobody. Are you Rapunzel? I heard you give really good directions. Who'd you hear that from? Prince Charming. 
Oh, Prince Charming. Well, he may be all high and mighty, but he doesn't even know when to stop washing his hands. Do you know the way to the mayor's house? Of course I know the way to his house, but I'm not going to tell you. After all, you just stepped on my hair. Beast. Well, you're definitely not going anywhere now. Your giant friend just left a disgusting paw mark on my golden locks. This will take ages to wash out. Beast. Tracy was now stuck between a rock and a hard place. More like between a beast and a lot of frizzy hair. I'm the one telling the story, thank you. Then why am I the only one who can hear you? I'm up here. Why are you talking into thin air? Why are you assuming I'm addressing you? One, me and your furry friend are the only other people here. And two, because I'm the most important out of all of us. I need to get going. Can I get those directions now? Well, I do admire a girl who knows what she wants. I suppose I could give you a chance. I'll give you those directions if you give me something in return. And what would that be? I've needed a new mirror for quite some time now, as the inside of the trailer is getting quite dirty and I can't see my reflection anymore. So, you want me to give you a mirror? Tracy, of course, did not carry a full-size mirror around with her on a regular basis, as I'm sure most of you do not do. Thankfully, Beast had a brilliant suggestion. Beast! What did you say? Um, he asked if you had a pocket mirror. Oh, of course I do. I carry one of these around all the time. But how do I get it up to her? Just stick it in my hair. I'll pull it up. Rapunzel had effectively placed her hair around many wheels and gears protruding from her ten-foot trailer so that, together, they formed a very elaborate pulley system. Did you get it yet? What's that? Did you say something? I'm too busy looking at my beautiful self in this glorious compact mirror. About those directions. How could you talk about directions at a time like this? I'm in love! Beast! How dare you distract me from me! Really, I need to get going. The mayor probably has a lot on his plate, and I need to see him before the end of the day. Please give me those directions. Oh, all right. I suppose I could stop looking for one minute. Just head straight down that path in front of you and make a slight turn to the left. But not a complete turn, because that will lead you in a whole different direction. Then you'll find yourself surrounded by lots and lots of tumbleweeds. But if you're careful and continue straight through them, you'll eventually come to an adobe brick road. And from there, you'll come to a crossroads with a sign pointing you towards the mayor's house. Thanks. I'll try to remember all of that. Good, because you probably won't get much help along the way. And one more thing. Watch out for the men in this town. They're sort of... odd. Beast! So, Tracy set off determined to remember Rapunzel's very difficult set of directions. Despite Rapunzel's warnings, Tracy did not encounter any male figures along the way. Until... Hi there! What's your name? Uh, I'm Tracy. Nice to meet you, Mr... Oh, I'm sorry I haven't introduced myself. I'm... This is Sleeping Sexy. He has a reputation around TRC for constantly falling asleep during conversation. Tracy, all you have to do is give him a slight tap and he'll snap right back into action. Oh, okay. Sexy. Sleeping Sexy, that is. Are you by chance lost? Well, now you're found. Yeah. Are you hitting on me? 
beast. No, no, of course not. I'm just trying to help you find your way. Why do you keep falling asleep? Because I'm just hypnotized by you. Are you okay? Fine. Just fine. At least, I'm fine now that you're here. Beast. Even Beast has figured out that you're hitting on me. Oh, good. So you'll go out on a date with me? Maybe we should just leave. Beast. Yeah, I guess you're right. I know a great sushi joint. I'm really sorry, but I just want to be friends. Oh, story of my life. Speaking of story, make him tell you his. Wake up! Oh, I'm sorry. I just can't seem to stay awake. Tracy, ever the little reporter, inquired about Mr. Sexy's <clears throat> frequent sleeping habits. Well, a short time ago in my younger years, I met this really beautiful girl named Sleeping Beauty. And then some awful compulsive guy who called himself Prince Charming came along and fell head over heels for her after she offered him a squirt of Purell, but he knew that she still had the hots for me. The only way he could break us up was to wait until I fell asleep and steal her away, which wasn't a very long wait. And I've never found another true love since. So, about that sushi. Thanks anyway, but you'll find your true love one day. Well, I have to get going now. Do you know the way to the mayor's house? Go up, down, do jazz hands, do the hustle, and then go forward. And then, Tracy, much to her everlasting embarrassment, did jazz hands and the hustle in front of the beast and sleeping sexy. Beast said those were the best jazz hands he'd ever seen. Thank you, Beast. But this is TRC. So is it this way? And as Tracy moved into the distance, she heard Sleeping Sexy shout, I'll pick you up at seven. After that jive turkey Tracy did the hustle, she was on her way to the Castle of Funk. What's up, Foxy sister? Do you feel the groove in ya? My, what long teeth you have. All the better to boogie down with. At the Castle of Funk, Foxy Tracy and the jiving vampire danced the hour away until a falling disco ball brought the party down. Uh-huh. Beast. I'm sorry, but all the other vampires that I've read about usually suck people's blood. Why aren't you sucking mine right now? Once I sucked the blood of a pimp and the soul of Funk entered through my canines. You heard? Now this is a really silly question, but what's with all the disco dancing? Well, my first love was a narcoleptic disco dancer named Edwin. You dig? Um, sure. Edwin fell asleep while dancing, and a disco bell fell on him, crushing the life out of his vampire soul. You dig? I dig. 
I have been searching for eons upon eons for someone like Edwin. You dig? You mean a narcoleptic? The vampire did indeed mean narcoleptics. Yeah, man. They're just so easy to talk to, and they're just so persistent. I love that. You dig? So what do you think of sushi? And then Tracy and the Beast went into an in-depth discussion describing Sleeping Sexy for the vampire, whose name was Vampirus Dukars. Seriously? He's narcoleptic? I thought the townsfolk of TRC, being extremely narcoleptophobic, had weeded them all out in the hunt of 86. I'd almost lost hope. Beast, 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 beast. You go, boy. Beast is, as they say, busting the moves. Your moves are far out, man. For show. Yo, it's almost time for the mayor's big speech, man. You coming? What a coincidence. I have to interview him. Beast. And the vampire led the way towards Tier C City Hall, with Tracy and the Beast trailing behind. Yeah, we know. Hear ye, hear ye. I have summoned you all to this grand council for a special announcement. For um, <coughs> shizzle. Tracy. But Shizzle is the mayor's pathetic attempt to be cool and try and connect with the youth. You dig? I'm getting married, and here's my lovely bride, you heard. And, out of nowhere, stepped a mysterious girl in a simple blue frock and a white apron. And as she turned to show her face to the audience, her frock turned into a beautiful yellow ball gown. Oh, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Isn't that the bell? Beast. And as the beast mourned his great loss, someone approached him from behind. Beast. Beast? Beast? It is I, Prince Charming, and I have come back to you because I couldn't get enough of those beautiful, brilliant blue eyes out of my mind. What about that foul-smelling breath and that green mist emanating from his mouth? Despite his horrible smells, his fur is so warm and that nose so moist. His true beauty that shines from within overpowers my OCD. Oh my god. Beast, run away with me to my cabin on Backbroke Mountain. And the beast and the prince joined hands and skipped away into the beautiful sunset. Hey Tracy, long time no... Who's that handsome narcoleptic? Oh, he's a friend of mine. His name's... Sleeping Sexy. Ooh, Tracy, who's your pale, blood-stained friend? I'm Vampirus Ducaris. Are you one of those undead types? Because I could bring you back to life. Well, let me tell you, I got a thirst and you smell like my blood type. So, do you know how to disco dance? Yeah, baby, yeah. The vampire clicked her fingers together three times, and suddenly a strong disco beat began to spread throughout the entire crowd. And then, out of nowhere, a disco ball descended from the sky. Tracy looked around and viewed all the couples dancing together, and she thought of all her new friends and how they found love. Beast and the Prince, Belle and the Mayor, the Vampire and Sleeping Sexy, and of course, Rapunzel and herself. But what about me? Anybody want to dance? (laughs) 
Whoa, I'm back in Marcus's office. Was that all a dream? No, Tracy. It wasn't a dream. What, you're still here? Yes, I've been with you all along. And I'm not as old as I sound. You have a really sexy voice, so what do you look like? A big thanks to the Youth Radio Radio Theater production team for that thrilling and tantalizing Youth Radio Radio Theater production. And now, some more music with Paula. Our next song is Kilometros by Sin Bandera from their first album, Sin Bandera. Welcome to this week's calendar. And I'm Tracy Tram. Whether you are into medley ska, Latin ska, old school ska, or local ska, <laughs> you can find it all at the Launchpad on March 6th and 7th. On the 6th, Voodoo Glow Skulls will be performing along with the Flatliners, the Phenomenots, and Made in Bangladesh. On the 7th, the Toasters will stop by along with a couple of other bands for the Ska Brawl 2006. For more information, please visit Virtuous.com. Speaking of performances from bands, Coheed and Cambria and Avenged Sevenfold, along with 18 Visions, will be at the Albuquerque Convention Center on May 3rd. For more information, go to www.luckymanonline.com. Midnight Movie Madness at the Guild Cinema in Albuquerque will be presenting three horror shorts from three of Asia's most extreme filmmakers, Takashi Miike from Japan, Fruit Chan from Hong Kong, <laughs> his name is Fruit, Fruit Chan from Hong Kong, and Chan Wook Park from Korea. This will only be playing Friday and Saturday, March 10th and 11th. For more information, please visit www.alibi.com. The UNM Dance Department will be performing Hitano's Quest, a fable written by Chris Pino interpreted through dance. The dancers will be accompanied by live musicians and poets to narrate the story. There will also be students from Bosque Farms Elementary. Performances dates are March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd at Carlisle Performance Space on UNM campus. For information, contact the UNM Dance Department at 277-3660. Shakespeare's enchanted world of mortals, fairies, creatures, and lovers dances through the chemo. The Ballet Theater of New Mexico presents a Midsummer Night's Dream, Friday, March 10th, and Saturday, March 11th, at 7 p.m., and on Sunday at 2. For more information, please contact the chemo. 
An evening with Cesaria Evora, Cape Verde's queen of Morna music, is coming to Popejoy Hall. Her music has been described as some of the most beautiful, haunting, and perfect music ever sung in Portuguese. She will be performing on Tuesday, March 14th at 7 p.m. For more information, please call 1-800-905-3315. On Sunday, March 12th, the Guild Cinema presents the 2006 Albuquerque National Poetry Slam Team Champions, alongside such celebrity names as Danny Solis and Don McIver, in a fundraiser event entitled NYC or Bust. For more information, please contact the Guild Cinema. And that's our calendar. If you want to send us your events, please send them to youthradio at KUNM.org. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Our music hosts tonight were Lucia Martinez and Paula Castillo. Luis Martinez and Tracy Tram hosted tonight's weekly calendar. We'd like to thank Katie Schroeder from Radio Revolution for the piece on MySpace Identity Theft. We'd also like to thank Rachel Langer and Ian Brody for playing Bach and Diana Baron Moore for interviewing them. Thank you to Michael Harley, Tracy Tram, Jaron Kai, Evan Molson, Lucia Martinez, Philip Riley, and Marcus Martinez for taking us to another land of fairies as the Radio Theater cast. A special thanks to Danielle Contrell for coordinating the piece and Otiamba Umi for editing it. Our adult co-conspirators were Roberto Rael, Marcos Martinez, Danielle Contrell, Otiamba Umi, and Steve Emmons. Good night and eat my shorts. Up next is Spoken Word. <laughs>